like to welcome everybody back back to another episode of Game Wreckers and Slobberknockers. And with us today is Coach Josh Batchelor from Blacksburg High School in South Carolina. Coach, welcome. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you doing this. I appreciate you having me on. Hey, I appreciate you taking time out of your uh, winter break here and uh, spending some time to talk ball with us. Man, yeah, I enjoy it. I, anytime we can, um, anytime we can talk football, it's a good day. So it is a great day when we can do those things. All right, coach. So you know, tell the viewers a little bit about yourself. Like, kind of where have you coached at? Like, playing, coaching experiences, all that stuff. Right. So, um, so I'm actually a uh, a product of the high school that I coach at. Um, been uh, played there back in in the early 2000s, and then. Um, left and went and played college baseball at a, at a division two school right near home in limestone uh university now it was a college when i was there but um left left there in 2007 and came back to coach uh, at the high school and uh, started as a jv coach and worked my way up through the ranks and uh, i've been doing it since 07. so during my time i've been the head jv football coach um i've been uh you know, a, an assistant on varsity, and then I've uh, been a coordinator on both sides of the ball. So in 2013, I was the defensive coordinator. Um, stepped aside, some things were going on um, as far as academics. I was getting my master's degree at Gardner-Webb University and just felt like I couldn't dedicate the time I needed to to be the D.C. And uh, also some personal stuff going on in my home life and got everything ironed out. And uh, I, I was in a defensive assistant and pretty much helped that guy who uh, was a tremendous um, defensive coordinator, uh, helped him for about seven seasons. And then I took over as the offensive coordinator in 2018, did that for two seasons. Our head coach um, stepped aside and then a new guy came in um, and he brought his offense with him. And so I went back to the defensive side and uh, this was my first year back on that side, back on the dark side, I guess you'd say. And uh, things have been good, man. We we uh, we had a, had a tough start, as everybody did with COVID and how everybody had to handle it and how we weren't playing, we are playing, we weren't playing, we are playing. And then finally, you know, they came out and said, all right, we'll full go. So um, we jumped in with both feet, putting in uh, a, new, a new offense and similar defense. And so – but, um, no, man, it's been, it's been good. I'm, I'm a um, – also a head baseball coach. I've been doing that since 2013 as well. And so been extremely successful on that front. But, um, yeah, I'm a strength coach now too. And I work uh, in our weight room. I'm actually the assistant now. The, we got a new strength coach that came in. And I kind of took a step back in that regard. But he's he's made things easier in my life as far as he takes care of the weight room side. Um, and I can work on our defense and getting us ready to play on Friday nights and then also work on baseball. So it's been good. That, that sounds awesome. You know, so how, let, let me ask you this, because I did the same, my first coaching job out of, I was still in college when I started coaching. I started coaching freshman ball. And um, mm -hmm. I think that helped me for two reasons. One, I learned how to coach because we didn't, you know, it was us. It was me and another guy. And we were, we were the coaches for the freshman team. So, but it was also at my high school that I graduated from. And looking back now, I'm for me, I'm glad I got that out of my system, what I consider getting it out of my system early, because one, now my high school no longer exists. Um, it was torn down and combined with another school in town. Um, even though it's on the property where my high school went, it's not my high school. <laughs> they got the other right. school's colors, you know, not that I'm bitter about that. They kept their mascot. Right. Not that I'm bitter about that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, but it but is what it is. It is. It is what it is. You're right. So how, how is that going back and coaching at your high school? So initially it wasn't as, it wasn't as difficult. Um, and, and I guess it's been good that it worked out the way it did because at the beginning I was coaching kids who, um, I wasn't really familiar with their families. Um, you know, they were younger than me when I was in school, like middle school age. And so when I first came back, they may remember me, but I didn't know them kind of thing. Right. And so I was kind of able to start with a fresh, uh, you know, a clean slate. And then the longer you do it, the more sticky situations become with playing time and that kind of thing, because, you know, now I went to school with these kids' parents. And so, mm -hmm. you know, they, they feel like some people can feel like that relationships that were developed in 2000 are now playing a part of who's on the field in, in 2020 and couldn't be farther from the truth. Cause our thing is play can't play. You know, I, like for me, um, <clears throat> being from here, uh, I understand how the inner workings and things are and people say a small town politics or whatever, but 
the reality is, is if you can play, you're going to find your way on the field for us. Um, I've played kids whose parents were rich, and I've played kids whose parents were poor or non-existent. You know, so for us, it's just play, can't play, and so that's been that's been you know, you kind of make people mad or or whatever because we were good friends in high school, and now your son's not playing, um, and, and and that can be that can be a sticky situation. But for me, it's just about play, can't play. So <laughs> we put the best product we can on the field, and if you're child's part of that then that's great and if he's not you know um, I mean we're happy he's out here and and football teaches you a whole lot more about life than it ever will about the game so um, we just try to teach to that I, I and you know I kind of understand that now but when I first started coaching I was only removed from high school for two years so these guys that I started coaching that were on the varsity right there, they were freshmen my senior year yes yeah, so it, it was a little weird but yeah. luckily, I was coaching the freshman, so I didn't have to deal with it a whole lot. But right. now that I've been to the same school for 18 years, I'm kind of running into that part that you talked about, where mm-hmm. you know, you know, I know every like it's I know everybody in town. It seems like, and and I and I always tell them my answer when they ask them like, "Hey, we don't keep the good ones at home. It's not like we're right. we're, we're we're not playing the good ones. You know, we're, we're right. playing everybody who can play. Trust me." That's a fact. Right? It's we're, we're still trying to win a game. I know it's, you know, people like, it's well, you know, it's not the NFL. You're right, but we're still trying to win games because when we don't win games, y'all get mad at us. Well, the high school level, you know, it's like they're our junior varsity level. Um, we try to get exposure. And so there are kids who will develop later, and there are kids who have already peaked and um, trying to find that niche of, of who, who can and who can't. And then also, you know, the work with the weight room separates a lot of dudes from – who really wants to play to who just want to be out there. And, um, you know, so by the time we get to varsity, the whole um, filling it out process is generally done. Uh, we know who's going to be there. We know who's going to work. We know who's going to do what they're, they're, they're asked to do. And, you know, then we can just basically put it on their work ethics. Like, you know, you weren't here in August. Uh, I mean, uh, in, Jan- in June, you weren't here in July. Um, and for us, you weren't here. You didn't take fourth block, you know, weights. Um, in January and February when we were freezing and we're out here getting these, these sprints in, you weren't here. And so, you know, they want to show up in August and just start. And that's not how it works. We take commitments, you know? So. And, and what you'll find out is that kid may be a little ahead, you know, just physically, but sooner mm-hmm. or later, those kids who put the work in, they, mm-hmm. they pass them and it's, it's not even rises, baby. They, they just pass them and it's, you know, and then what the, always the best one is when you get those people like, well, he was really good in middle school. I said, yeah, but how much has he worked since middle school? Mm-hmm. Like, and some kids just peak then. It's like, you know, yeah, he was really good in middle school because he was bigger than everybody. But now everybody's caught up and he's trying to rest on what he did in the eighth grade. Like that didn't do you any good. And I tell our kids all the time, if you come back as a junior, the same kid you were as a sophomore, you're probably going to sit. Um, right. You know, so it, I mean, it, it, it sucks, but it is what it is. And, and, you know, I'm glad that it's not just this way in Ohio. I'm glad it's that way. I don't want it to be that way in South Carolina. But I've, sometimes I think you think your problems are the only place that you have those problems. So to hear that. Right. You, you know, no, you're kind of small town problems. America, man. It happens everywhere for sure. <laughs> hey, I've seen it happen in the big cities too because it's like, yeah. you know, the, the, I just promise the guy's like, well, you don't, you're not playing my kid because you don't like him. That's not true. Like, nah. I, 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 I played kids person. I don't like before. <laughs> like, <laughs> trying to win yeah no yeah I played I played kids who I couldn't stand their attitude you know and I'm constantly on their attitude part or I played kids who are just not really good kids you know it's like at their core they're not good kids but they can play and they right. do what's required by the rules that we set for so I'm not going to set a kid because of the way I personally feel about him if I feel like he can help us win a ball game he's going to go play right like but, and, you know you try to work on those things with those kids like hey you yeah know, you got to yeah. have a better attitude this will help you out in life all that other things but i think herb yeah. edwards said it you know we play to win the game you play, you play hello yeah so, <laughs> right <laughs> so for us it's like you know um i i try to i try to coach the character side too you know we try to we try to work on that side it's like arrogance is not gonna get you far in life um you have kids who are good and they know it and you like try to fix that and work on that um, but ultimately, I don't care how arrogant he is. If he can play, I mean, I'm not. Uh, you know, I like swagger, uh, and there's that thin line. And some kids flirt with it, and some kids are over it. But um, if he can play, he's gonna play. So absolutely. 
All right, Coach. Hey, you know, I know South Carolina did have a season with COVID. Um, yes. We here in Ohio had one. Uh, it was a little abbreviated. We had to make some huge changes. Um, mm -hmm. did, how, did it do anything really to affect you guys, like, you know, in, for a season? Yeah. So, um, so the biggest thing that hurt us was spring ball. Um, with the changing of the guard, if we had been – if we had been with the coaching staff – changes that were made if we had gotten to implement a system back in back in may when we did spring uh and then been able to go through our summer 707s and meet every day like we should we could have been able to and 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 have whole group sessions and that kind of thing um things would have been a lot smoother uh as it were we spring ball was canceled we didn't get to implement get to implement the the system that we wanted to offensively and defensively and, and going through terminology because some things changed between myself and the guy who was the DC who was actually the he was the defensive backs coach when I was on defense and then he took when I moved to OC he moved as he moved to DC and so we worked real well together but we talked different um, you know as far as coverage terms and that that kind of thing there was different terminology and so. For us to be able to go out and do seven on sevens would have been huge, um, especially for our back end um, and, and and how that married up with you know with blitzes and that and that sort of thing. We weren't able to do any of that, and then we had an abbreviated season. And again, we were kind of in limbo with our high school league. It was like we're going to play, we're not going to play, um, you know. And it, it was almost like we were afraid they were just kicking the can until they could cancel it. So it was like. All right, two more weeks, two more weeks, two more weeks. And then all of a sudden you look up, it's July the the fourth, and it's like, okay, now we're gonna let you bring seven kids or eight kids in in the same facility. And then the next week it was like, Okay, we're playing. Uh, you guys are good to go. And it was like, Holy cow, like we're we're so far behind the eight ball now. And for certain teams who had the same schemes, I feel like they had an upper hand um, on us. And uh, we also immediately opened up with region play. Our first, because they were scared we were going to cancel, you know, right. or whatever. So, like, we opened up with region play, which was crucial for us. We lost a game I felt like we, we should have won, um, came up short on fourth down. But we played terrible defensively. But we literally made a change at halftime defensively because our head coach wanted us to be a four-man. Um, and I'm not a four-man guy. Um, I'm just I, – I, I, I'll call whatever you want because he's the head coach. Right. Um, and I know enough about it to be able to be confident. But they come out and empty, and they're slinging it everywhere. And I literally put in the stack at halftime, and we never look back. So that doesn't happen if we play two games prior. You know, right. so, so uh, we, we, we start out with a, with a region rival, game one, and – uh, every we only had one film of them scrimmaging a team. Uh, in in that film, they're 20 personnel, their power run game, they're downhill, smack you in the mouth. And I'm thinking, okay, well, four man front's gonna be fine to this. We're gonna have to gear up to stop the run. Um, they come out first series, they get the football, they're in empty, they're throwing it all over the place. We can't stop a nosebleed. And I'm like, coach, uh, I'm gonna have to put in the stack at halftime because we don't have the dudes to stop this. And luckily, they were going back and forth offensively. So they would go down and score, and then we would go down and score. And so at halftime, it's like 21-21. But, man, it was – I was like, and so we put it in at halftime, and we give up seven points in the second half, but it was too late. I mean, the damage had been done. So, right. you know. Well, you know, I, it's amazing. You know, we don't have spring ball in Ohio. Um, we're limited to 10 days normally. We get 10 days of coaching in the summer from June 1 to July 31. You get 10 days, and that includes if you do a seven-on-seven. Seven. So, mm. you know, I, I can imagine how much it hampered you guys to not have those days. Because right. I know how much we're hampered when we don't have them, and there's a change. Mm -hmm. But right. I, think, I think we're starting to lighten up here a little bit in Ohio, so – you know, good for you guys, and you know, hopefully, we'll get back to the normalcy of of getting those things. I think so. I, I, think I don't know if we're ever going to get spring ball here in Ohio, though, Coach. I'll be honest. Is it weather related? Well, I think some of it's weather related, right. but the other one is our spring, and because of the weather, you know, mm -hmm. our spring sports don't start until like the last the last Friday of March is like it was like baseball starts, track starts lacrosse oh. i'm the head lacrosse coach so you know mm -hmm. we don't start until that time right so you know and then but you know i i, I tried to get them to like hey let's use the district 
track meet as after that day, which is usually the second or third Friday in May. Right. I'm like half, like almost your entire track team's gone after that date. Baseball's almost done. I said, tell us we got from that date until May 31st to get, I don't know, seven days in. I would take, I would take, I take, I take five. Right. But, you know, especially when you're trying to install a scheme. So that's, you know, I I can see how it affects you. Now, coach, you said you're a stack guy. So let's talk stack and how you defend different offenses. So if I see a stack and I'm an offensive coordinator, the first thing I'm going to say is you don't have enough guys in the box. So I'm going to load up and I'm going to power run that. So how right. do you defend like the power run game? Two today so, and twenty one personnel too. I'm a twenty one personnel power run game. Yeah. So so your offense, uh, your offensive front will dictate our what we do to that. So we put we put rules in place, and essentially we're moving overhang guys. Now sometimes that can be a personnel change. So for instance, like if we're we're a run heavy, we're seeing run heavy, we may sub instead of an outside backer type who's usually lighter and he's our hybrid guy, so he's responsible for run and pass, and he's in a conflict a lot of times, especially in these RPO games that these guys are doing now. Um, we're gonna we may personnel change, we may not. We may say I feel like our guys is good, if not better than than who we would put there. Um, but essentially, a tight end um, dictates what that guy to our our strong safety is going to do. So we play two by two on the outside pad of a tight end with that strong safety. And if you're 21 personnel, then we're probably going to play a lot more cover three to that just because we're going to need that run support in the box. So what we'll do is we may show a too high look um, and you'll think, oh, okay, well, we've got something here here in this void, um, but we're going to spin that rover down late. Um, and and we may just say, okay, that's that's not even worth it. We'll, we won't even show too high. We'll play straight up cover three. Um, our, our strong safety's rule on a tight end is going to be outside pad two by two, and he is to collision that tight end and push-pull fight the reach. So when he walks up um, and he's playing on the outside pad, he's reading that tight end. The only guy that matters in the ballpark is the tight end because he's going to tell us what's going to happen. So if his first step is an arc release, like he wants to, to reach us, then we know one of two things is coming, either running sweep or they're sprinting out, and he's going to stay in and help block for max protect. So – what we're going to do is we're going to push, pull, fight the reach, and now that that strong safety is our force contained. So his job is to not let anything cross his face, and if they are running sweep, to get up and make sure that we cut it back in. Now with that, the other guy on the backside of the tight end, his rule is going to be four by four or split the difference. So if you're 21 personnel and it's like a slot where we call slots two, two to one side and a tight end on the other, yeah. then we're going to be splitting the difference. If it's a pro set, uh, where it's tight end two splits, then we're going to be four by four dropped off in space. You're going to have loose corners um, there. And so for us, uh, the tight end will dictate what we do, but essentially we're going to end up looking more like four, four um, okay. cover three uh, to that. Even though we're a stacked team, we don't have our hand on the ground. We got a guy standing up um, to help with that. One thing that always remains constant for us is TNT. So we're going to be tackle nose tackle, and we're going to always have a tackle and a tight five on your. Or our ends are going to be a tight five on your tackle. Our nose is going to be head up, and our end is going to be a tight five. We're going to we're going to keep the stack those six guys in the box. And so, um, I got a board here, and I don't know. I can draw. I don't know if you can see as good. Yeah. But, um. So, just I'm gonna draw a, a pro set, and then I'll let you see what we do. So, and I'm guessing when you say 20 personnel, I mean, you can do that however you want to. But for us, we're going to – we usually will sit in the gun. Um, if somebody comes out in a pro-style offense here, usually it's gun. So, um, we'll walk that guy up, TNT, uh, Mike, Sam, Will, obviously free. He'll be cheated corner. The rover's over there in the corner. So, what we would do, you see that okay? Yep, see it great, Coach. Okay, so basically we're going to we're gonna take this guy, uh, I'm on the wrong side, take this guy and walk him up, and he's two by two. Again, you can see where we keep the stack, okay? And yep. then, you know, for us, um, we may call blitzes to your fullback versus your strength. 
Uh, we may call blitzes away from your fullback. So, like, if you see a lot of teams who like to run counter, we can we have the ability to blitz two and away from backs. Uh, we just that's what we call it, two and away. And so we will call like, let's say we're running one of our good ones is smoke. So we go smoke away, and we're sending pressure away from your fullback. And then that way, if they want to counter us. And, and a lot of times you'll see that they were the counter back away from the strength because they feel like they got you to that to that nub side. Then we're sending pressure there, and we're we're run we're run blitzing to stop that. And usually being in cover three, I feel a lot more comfortable about run blitz anyway. Um, right. And then some sometimes it's better just to play base out of that because you don't know for sure because they've set the strength to one side um, where they have tight end and they feel like they have numbers. So. It's it's better to fast flow, you know, and just play right. base. So, uh, but yeah, so twenty one personnel. We're gonna the the tight end will dictate where the strong safety lines up, but it ends up looking like four four cover three. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, do your overhang players are they spill players or are they box players? So we're gonna leverage everything with our overhangs. Um, okay. Our 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 ends will spill. Um, okay. They're they're usually not contained. They um, so like for instance, they're they're just in our base defense, they're going to read that ta that tackle. If the tackle's down, we're going to squeeze, 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 and wrong arm. And um, and so if if we're now again, if they want to reach us, then we push, pull, fight the reach, and then we should be working to get upfield. And then I guess it's more of a contain side, but you've got help. You're not the solo containment. Right. Right. Yeah. So. Okay. So back to your drawing. What happens if they take that F? and they put mm -hmm. him out on the pro side as a slot. So I call that tray. Right. So for us. How does it change? Because that's that's the next thing they're going to try to do is they're going to, you know, get you into a trips formation. Yeah. So you're saying uh, if they take the fullback and they put him to the trips of the tight end? Yeah, put him to the tight end, but the the uh, they put him out there as a slot. Yep, put him out there as a slot. Okay. All right. So that really – uh, to be honest with you, tight end sets are Achilles heels for us. Um, all, right. all right. So what has to happen then is you have to go to what's called what we call Sam up. All right. So we're going to walk the Sam up, bounce to 50 backers. And what we do with our Rover will depend on what it'll depend know. on cover. It'll depend on coverage, and and what do they do out of it? You know what I mean? Like once right. we watch film and we find out, okay, they get in brown. They get in what we this is called brown thrust. Okay. So we're like, okay, they get in brown, but they run the football. All right. Well, if they get in brown to run the football, we're good with cover three. Um, if they get in brown to throw the football, then we're gonna flip, we're gonna flip our coverage, and so um, we got a couple different coverages, and we can treat this like trips. So um, if we play trips, uh, if we play a true coverage to trips uh we'll take we'll take the full the free safety and cheat him we'll back the rover up and basically what we do is we treat um this guy like number three for us yep so we'll cheat the free safety out some this is not to scale but we'll cheat the free safety out some and then we'll we'll bring that rover over and play him in the middle <laughs> that puts you on the island on the back side usually our corner on that side is our best dude okay um and we'll we'll actually flip corners if we if we're able to. If we feel like they're pretty much the same kid, we won't. But like we had a kid who got who signed to play at Indiana um, a couple years ago, and he was our he was going to go be our dog. He's he is the he is the guy to the single, and he is the guy that's going to be responsible for stopping that. Gotcha. Um, anyway, with uh, with that, what we play is what's called cover five to trips, and so. So just to break it down real quick, there's three, there's two, there's one. If any version of the back were to flare here, or if they were to bubble anybody, the corner is now to go get it. He's to okay. stop the bubble, and he's to stop the swing. Any, he's our flat player. He's our flat defender. Their strong safety here is heavy hook curl. So a lot of times what you'll get is in and out, that kind of thing. If that happens, you got a heavy hook curl player here. Your free safety is over the top help. Okay. So he is he is helping your corner out and allowing him to go get anything that attacks the flat right now. So if they want to attack you in like outside zone, um, your corner is going to be put, helping put his face in there and run support. And you and you can do that because we've got safety help. 
Um, but like we've basically given them a four-two box um, with the the Sam. You're vulnerable on the backside is right. the thing. So so again, what do they do out of it? Are they heavy pass? If they are, then we can play we can play five. Are they heavy run? If they are, then we're probably going to play more three. So um, just depends. All right, your tackle on that tight end side. Do you move him inside from a five, or do you leave him there? We're gonna cheat. We're gonna cheat a little bit to here. Usually outside pad, uh, and we can play games where we can keep him head up, or we can move him inside pad. Um, but for us, you know, we blitz a lot. So where we are is not where we're gonna be. Okay. So so like we may show you him there, but like for instance, we may go uh just uh we may slant the front here and so just because he started on your outside pad he's still fighting to get across face and you know so you got your uh big gap player here your a gap player here and your strong safety uh i mean excuse me your safety is uh sam is here or he could be here you know so like we have two different calls if we want to slant the front the guys who are traditionally up front we would just call that slant um, if we want to call, if we want to send everybody where everybody's in the slant, so the strong, the safety, uh, the Sam knows now he's going to it's storm. So you know we can strong, we can slant strong slant weak, or we can storm strong storm weak. Just okay. depends, you know, on the situation. Well, you know, and I know that that tight end sets usually do cause the stack some problems. Um, They're the biggest issue, and the reason you're in the stack usually is because you're undersized. So, like, for us, obviously, we're going to have a lot of tweener bodies. And what I mean is, like, you're going to have your – they're not linemen. They're not – they're not run, they're not corners. They're all linebacker lookalikes. And so, <laughs> your, your Sam – your Sam is probably an outside backer who doesn't run as well, you know. Um, and, and your Will could also play Rover uh, because he probably runs a little bit better because we're asking him – especially in trips, we're asking him to cover um, a little bit more on one side. So, um you know, it just depends on, but but we, we normally get the same body type here. Right. And so we're going to have a handful of linemen that we can rotate through because we only need three. Uh, so if we can find, usually, you know, we would love to have five, but if we can get a pair and a spare, you know, so we can get three legit dudes and one guy that rotates at each one, then that's what we'll roll with. But usually those tight end sets gives us, they give us the most problems. Ironically, if people don't run tight end sets, they won't put them in to play us. Right. Um I don't, I don't know. Like for me, when I was calling offensive plays, it was like, okay, they're in the stack. Let's see what they do to a tight end. Who are they going to put up there? What size is that kid? Because you can, you can power, you can power us to death if that guy's getting whipped. Because if he don't, when that tight end blocks down, if we don't replace our feet and get our eyes inside and look to spill it, um, we're in trouble. So. Okay, so then the other reason people go to the stack, I think, is because they see a lot of spread offense. And they're yes. trying to match speed and space. So, mm -hmm. how do you deal with empty? Okay, so we have two checks. Well, anytime we see a, an empty team where they're going to come out and they're going to play a lot of empty, we usually put in checks. So we can we put in like normally three checks. We can play coverage. So we'll drop we'll rush the three and drop the eight, um, and try to snow everything. Um, that was a lot more successful a couple years ago when we had two dogs at defensive end. More recently, we're better off sending pressure and letting them get it out quick. Um, but the good thing about the stack is you can get uh, – people call it exotic, but you can send, you can dial it up and you can send heat. And so we've got – one check is usually going to be coverage. The other check is going to be some pressure but, but still sound in the back end. The other one is blitz the piss out of it and play man. We'll just see what happens. Um, so when we get empty, um, a lot of times we're going to – for me, it depends on down and distance. But, like, I know that if they're in empty, they're going to throw it. Um, if I feel comfortable about where where we are and the matchups that we got, then I don't mind blitzing. And we, we, blitz, we blitz so much that if we don't want to check it, like if I just want to start calling the defense, then we can call it. So, you know, we want to go – Smoke strong, bullets weak, cover zero. Fine, we can do that. And we're sending six-man pressure, and somebody should be coming free, you know, uh, and and maybe more than somebody. So it's all about making a play at that point. Yeah, that I actually just wrote that question down is 
do your on your empty checks do you call it from the sideline do the yes. kids call it from the field no so so like let's say we're playing a team and they just run empty right you know like like they're they're empty is not what they do but they run it they have it in their arsenal so when we see it um we can we we may i may say all right guys this week because they don't run it as much if they come out in this we're going to check empty one all right empty one is smoke strong cover cover two whatever okay and they just automatically know and the way we script practice that week we'll just come out and i'll have empty scattered in there so when the scout comes out in empty they know we're checking empty one, empty one, empty one. Everybody's getting lined up. They're finding out where, you know, they're, they're going where they're supposed to be, and we're running empty one, which is smoke strong cover two. So everybody automatically knows. If we play a team that they run a good bit of it, we'll put three of them in, and I'll be yelling one or the other. So based on based on down and distance, if it's, if it's second and 12, we're going to send some pressure and play better coverage. If it's third down – we may man up and say, all right, we'll figure out who's going to do it. So uh, if it's second and, second and 12, empty two, empty two, empty two, they're yelling empty two. Everybody knows what empty two is. That's shotgun strong, cover two. Um, if we're yelling empty three, empty three, empty three, everybody knows, pin your ears back, we're sending more than they can block. We got to go make a play. So, Does, <clears throat> does the empty teams that, go, that either line up in quads or motion from – three by two to four by one does how does that affect your game planning so we don't we don't treat quad any different than we would trips okay generally in quads somebody's a waste um they're getting in quads because they can't sprint to the corner usually i mean sprint to the to the to the trips and they're trying to help themselves on the point of attack or they're wasting a guy so somebody's just running across the field you know what i mean so what we do is we'll play our traditional trips coverage um and we'll now instead of reading three two one we'll run we'll we'll read four three two one so um and then we may we'll bump a backer so we'll give them a five-man box if they go quad we'll bump a backer to help cover up anything that's like quick game so if they want to run a little stick route and they just want to throw that little stick or hitch right there at four yards with the uncovered guy now they can't so we just put a guy out there but usually when we see empty we see three by two um that's generally what we do and we also have um uh, a check where if you set your back week to trips and like you send him out then we'll check six and that's just a combo coverage versus us playing cover five to trips if you set that back week or you go empty we check six so we're playing cover two to the two and we're playing cover three to the three um and so we'll do that and then you know again if they want to make a living out of it we try to keep the stack in place but if they want to make a living out of throwing to that uncovered number two on the back side of trips then we'll just bump a back or give it a five-man box and then and then they can't do it anymore um but it's become basketball you know on grass essentially and, and trying to trying to defend all these pass games especially if you get a team who got a quarterback who can spin it and a couple guys who are just possession types they just nickel and dime you to death um so like we had a team here it's a private school in greenville who we would send pressure, but we never got there. You know, like we, the ball's out so quick. The kid was so good. Um, it did us no good to send pressure. So we would try to, we would try to twist and we would try to loop uh, up front and just confuse the front with our linemen. But we were playing coverage for the most part and uh, just trying to stop their quick game. Cause you know, if you stop the first and five pitch route and you knock it down, now it's second and 10. I mean, excuse me, you stop the first and 10, then you knock it down it's second and 10. And uh, generally, they're going to try to mix in a run on you. So if you can win on second down, now you're third and long. So now that you know that, that you can send pressure because they can't get four yards and it hurt you, you know, because if, if you do, you give them four yards, you tackle them, you get up and do it again. Right. No, I, I think, you know, and, and the, the integrity of the box is a huge thing. I don't, I don't mm -hmm. care what, what defense it is. I, you know, like I said, I'm an even guy. And I eventually, we eventually made the way over to the 4-2. And yep. I was, we cannot, we cannot break the box. I said, right. because as soon as we break the box and we give them five, they've got us outnumbered by one. Yep. Now, yep. are there times you have to? Absolutely. Third and 18 and they're an empty. Hey, look, just 
have the four guys rush, whatever, and you can put your mic on him and somebody right. somebody whip a block, block and get the guy down on the ground. So I right. totally get yeah. that. Yep. Now, two other offenses that we see a lot here. I'm not sure if you do there. I think I know you see the one because I think um, Burns High School is a wing T team, correct? You know. Um, Burns, North Carolina? Um, I think – I thought they were South Carolina. I don't know. So, there's there's two. So, there's a Burns, North Carolina, and there's a Burns, South Carolina. Burns, South Carolina is spread. Okay. Um, so, Burns, North Carolina maybe. But Burns, South Carolina up in Duncan, it's not far at all from here. Probably about – Probably about 35 minutes or so. They're right. in Spartanburg County. Um, they are they are spread. spread. And now they went out and played De La Salle um, three or four years ago, and yeah. and and saw that uh, and their 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 version of the wing. But our offense, our my my new uh, head coach, he's a he's a wing guy. So we and we definitely we see wing in our conference. So um, we had a local high school here, Playburns. And I'm on my um, Centerville High School. I think, as a matter of fact, I even think Burns came up here for that game. It was one of those Probably. ESPN games. But um, they love to travel. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, how do you deal with the wing T team? Okay. So I don't know. Let me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull it up um, and see. Yep. That's it right there. Okay. So when anytime we get a, anytime we get what we call spread, which is Georgia Tech style. Yeah, so you got two, you got two wings and two splits. We're gonna go um, and essentially be a five-two cover two look. Mm -hmm. um, we don't have to play two; we can play man um, there. And of course, anytime they condense the set, we just condense our guys. Uh, but essentially, this team right here um, uh, would be they're a they're a heavy option team. So they're Georgia Tech, Navy, Air Force type, uh, Army type type offense and so right. they're they're, they're going to want to they're going to want to option the piss out of you um and 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 they're going to send motion one way or the other um on almost every play um so what we would do to this is essentially they're counting dudes right now okay sure are because so, I, I we've yeah. been in option offense so i know how this thing works now <laughs> yeah yeah so so you know they're they're looking at here's one right here uh -huh. all right here's two right here and then the next guy's the three so who's the next guy could be this guy yep could be that could be that guy but the problem the thing about playing this this wing stuff is they generally have time to to determine who that guy is because you're going to stand flat-footed right here and wait you're going to stand flat-footed right here and wait um what we did was we immediately took whoever the two were and all night long, if you got motion to you, so you know this guy's coming, all right? And we call that tailback motion. So uh, he's back here now. As soon as the ball is snapped, our tackle is now – his aiming point is the nose of the football. So as soon as the ball snapped, he's taking the very first thing that he sees because they know they're going to rip underneath and double and get off to this guy, right? Right. Um, so as soon as we see this, we are – nose of the football and our aiming point being the nose of the football we generally run into the fullback so eyes up nose of the football immediately we know this is our quarterback player here he's our quarterback defender all right as soon as the ball snapped we're going right now to him so these two guys immediately they get motion to our mic and our wheel are taking two steps to the left one two so it ends up being the wheel is out over the wing the mic is in a gap essentially on the, on the opposite side. Okay, so as soon as we get this motion here, that's what happens, and we're attacking the quarterback here, here. So now one and two, you're making those reads immediately. Like that quarterback has got to decide right now, either I'm giving the dive or I'm pulling the football. And then not only am I doing that, I'm also going to run it or or pitch it. So we wanted to give him a pull pitch read. Right. You with me. Yeah. So. And we want it to happen as soon as possible. Now, what we did in the back end there is our corner here is now becoming – because this becomes trips. One, two, that guy motions, that's our third receiver. Now he is our pitch player, and he is going immediately to the pitch. So we're putting one, two, three, bang, bang, bang. We want them to make the decision as quick as possible. What we did then is when that guy motioned, this guy rolls back. He is now playing over the top of one. This guy's back through the middle here, and he's playing the first thing in, in 
to him. So if they want to run like a post wheel concept, fine. There's your there's your uh, wheel player. There's your post player. Um, and then anytime you got motion away, that corner knew I got him man. So that's the way we played that. The Achilles heel in those formations is when they come to this right here. Now we're undersized. They had a dog playing defensive end. He, I mean, tight end. He was their our region player of the year. And once they found out, because they went backwards in these two sets, they couldn't right. do anything with their traditional option. Once they found out, oh, we can get in this and run G lead, then we went. We went. Uh, things went bad real quick. Um, I will say that they were stubborn, and they kept <laughs> they kept wanting to do this right here, and. So they would they would get a first down when they needed it here, and they'd jump back in this and try to do what they did, and they couldn't. And so we got off the field and got a few stops um, until they realized late in the fourth we're just going to pack salt, and they just pounded us um, and pulled away. But yeah, so that's how we defend that. And then you can see some of these other formations. Hey, and then um, that next one right there is one that I know we we made a killing on, is mm -hmm. going unbalanced. Mm -hmm. and, then, and, and stick – so you got a three-man surface with the wing and you get the corner out of there. Right. So yeah. you will put your rover and your strong safety on the same side. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to do that just to balance the numbers. Um, and and uh, it's not what we want to do, but when they, when they go nasty over and they bring those guys over, um, and generally we tell those guys in the spring of every year, if you're ever on the same side, somebody's wrong. But – when you're game planning against it, that's just that's what it is. That's what we got to do. So, right. no, I get it. I and 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 you covered it. The option and the wing T stuff. I think you know. I had somebody say, "Look, the difference between option guys and wing T guys is they don't want to admit that they're really running the same stuff." Right. <laughs> yeah, it's the same stuff, but they want to act like it's different. And you know, sure. I will. I will be honest. Some of the teams that struggled us when we were running the option were guys who stayed in the stack. Because mm -hmm. of all the stunning you guys do, and you know we had to teach they had to teach the quarterback. I say we, I mean they, because I didn't go over and coach that side of the ball. I was too busy coaching defense. <laughs> right, right. But they they wanted to read an area, so they're like, "Hey, this is your dive area. This is your keep area." Right. So, well, and you can see like these right here. These are our rules. So for formations, we had different checks, and right. we just we. When you're playing a when you're playing a team that is an option team, the best thing to do is to kiss it. So if you can develop some absolutes, because so much changes on the snap of the football. Right. If they know exactly from the time they come out in the formation what offense, what coverage we're playing, and you know because like in the spread things can change. So mm -hmm. like for us, if they come out two by two, we may play palms coverage. So if we're doing that and they motion, then we're checking out of that to uh, you know a better trips option. So uh, it's better for us to understand pre-snap what are we playing, and so these were these were some of our rules and spread we're playing too. Of course, like I said, you know, we it's easy because when that when when we're always playing two by two and we play two, and then which is if you'll look, there's one, there's two. We're playing two. All right. As soon as we get motion, they're playing. They're let's say we're rolling. We're rolling five. All right. Well, we I told you when when we were playing. Uh, we're talking about spread and 21 personnel. That corner is going to get it. Well, they're used to doing that kind of thing. So now this is two by two, guys. They send this guy in motion. We're checking five. You're back through the middle. You are now the help for the corner. Corner, you go get anything that attacks the flat. So now it's uh, one, two, three, bang, bang, bang. And we want them to happen as fast as possible. And I'll tell you, man, we had them reeling early, and our offense, I swear, if our offense – if we'd have played them later in the year, our offense got going, and it was just it – was, it was tough. Um, I felt like we would have been a, a lot better off. But, but anyway, uh, yeah, so that's how we play uh, the, the, the spread, I guess you could say, type wing. But we also see foot-to-foot, -foot, uh, wide rugby scrum mess. Um, we see that too. And we played, we played those guys – um they were not our they were not in our conference but we did play a team that did that and i was thinking i had that yeah i do uh yeah i have that and so but they were just very they were so run 
like they ran four plays and uh they were a bigger school uh so here we're classified in like we're we're two-way and we we run about 600 um on our 180-day count um and then we played a 4a team out of the midlands and uh matter of fact that was their name midland valley um but they're down near north augusta which is not far from augusta where the masters is um but they were a 4a team and so they were just rolling dudes in and we were gassed uh and COVID hit that week. We had four coaches in quarantine um, and two players. Uh, they weren't they weren't like dogs or anything, but they were they were bodies. Right. And we went down we went down there, um, and we were half cocked and just uh, it didn't work out for us. We lost. I mean, it was like fourteen fourteen for the longest, and then um, we just late in the fourth we got tired and missed a couple tackles, and then it's twenty one. Then it was I think they kicked a field goal late to win it. So I mean to be a, like twenty four fourteen final, but um, but anyway, this foot to foot wedge and they, they just were real simple in what they did. And so for us, we walked those two backers up and, uh, we personnel changed one guy and was just like, we got to get up, stop the run, you know? So right. do you, now your classification, obviously I would assume your number smaller means you're a smaller school. Correct. <clears throat> how many, how many, how many classifications do you guys have? We have five classes. Okay. We have uh, 1A through 5A, and uh, your 5A teams are your Burns, Gaffney, um, Dutch Fork, who's won like, I guess, I think they've won six in a row now uh, in 5A, but they're in Columbia, uh, okay. which is the capital. Um, and so, uh, but but there's some really, really good talent on the 2A level as well. So okay. Now, so how, how do they determine your classification? It has to do with your uh, one, I think it's either 135, I think it's your 135 day enrollment. I think I said 180 a minute ago, but um, it's your 135 day enrollment. So based on how many kids attend your school and we have to do like when school starts back, our kids, our teachers have to keep up with, all right, how many people are on the roll versus how many people are showing up. Right. They have to do that the first 10 days. And then there's like a, a midterm and then the 135 day, um, how many people are still here. Okay. And so that that's reported to the high school league. And then they just draw lines at the at the at like you know like let's say one class, one school has six hundred and the next school has six seventy five. Well, there's where you draw the line. Everything below that's two A till you get to like three hundred, and then you know, and then they just draw the lines there. Uh, we're, we're similar. We we have seven divisions. We're, we're we're in divisions here, so it's seven divisions. Division one is the top end, and mm -hmm. division seven is the smallest. Division one for us goes from about 600, almost 700 boys up to as many. And ours is done for the boys' sports. It's done on your boys' enrollment. Like, okay. they pick a week in October. I don't, you know, I don't even know. So it's like a week in October, and it's count week. And how many right. ever boys you have that week or girls mm -hmm. determines where you go. Um, right. So where I'm at in Xenia, we're Division Two, which goes, I think the number is like 680. We're mm -hmm. from 682, I don't know, down near 400 somewhere, number right. of boys you have. But what happens is, like, for the for the longest, Division One went from, like, 400 boys to 1,200 boys. And I'm like, there's three schools difference. Holy wow, boys. yeah. And, and I can find, I, I don't know, I may be able to find, if you give me a 1,000 more boys, I probably could find a few more football players in that 1,000. At least, yeah, at least so, a few. So our division one now is the top 72 enrollment. So how right. many ever it is, 70, the top 72, that's division one. And then they divide whatever's left by six. So if there's, there's 700 schools that play boys, you know, that play football, how many ever that is, like how many schools are left, they divide it by six and, you know, it ends up. So we're a right. solid D2, but it is, it's, you know, it, it's yeah. crazy like that with enrollment here. And we see it all. I mean, we see, you know, we see the foot-to-foot -foot double wing, you know, spinner series, and we see teams running five wide every play. And it's mm -hmm. you know, they got a really good quarterback. It helps them when they got a really good quarterback that can not only throw the ball but is a threat to run it. So Yeah, that's that's huge too. And that's that plays a part into like so much of what we do. Are we going to blitz to the back? Are we going to blitz away from the back? Do we want the quarterback to give it? You know, like if that's if that's the case, then we, we will live with him handing it off and blitzing to the, you know. So obviously when you got two guys, you got one back one backer reading the quarterback, the other one's reading the running back. And when they mesh up, 
now the read switch. Um, you know, so if, if the quarterback is a threat to run, we'll just send pressure away. So we'll, whatever it is, we'll just blitz away. And then we know if his hands come, come free uh, with the football, we're just going to play base on that backside and, and look for somebody to make a play. But we'd rather the running back have it um, than the quarterback, you know. Right. So. right. All right. Hey, who do your linebackers key? <laughs> so, the three, the um, three stack linebackers, who do they key? Yeah, so your backs on either side, your Mike and your Sam, I mean, your Will and your Sam are reading the near back. Um, now, and, and the keys can change depending on who we place and what they like to do. If they're, you know, we don't see a ton of 20 personnel, but if we do and that fullback's going to take us to the football, then that's what we're going to do. We're going to key him. The Mike is generally going to key the near back, so whoever that ends up being. So um, if, it's, uh, if it's running back, uh, the, the Mike's not going to be able to fast flow anything because he's in the dead center. So he's going to have to be – he's going to have to be like if the back crosses face, he's going to take a step that way. And then if the quarterback's hands come with the football, then he's going to have to plant, redirect, and then he's responsible for that. Um, so much of what we do um, hinges on blitzes. We, we generally don't play a lot of base. And I know people say, well, if you can't beat them in base, you can't beat them. In a four-man front, I'm on board with that because, right. because you're sound in the gap scheme game so you've got every gap uh response somebody's responsible for it for us the gaps change and gaps responsibility will change based off what we call so if we're calling a blitz where we're taking our tackle and uh well well i'll just i can show you real quick um okay you got me now yep okay so we make a lot of money off this one um this is uh th these are some just some of our stack pressures and i won't go through all of them right but you know when you talk about when you talk about reading um, we're only going to read in base. Um, otherwise, we're not reading at all. Uh, we're, we're responsible for a gap. We're sending pressure through that gap. We're trying to blow stuff up. So we want to play as fast as possible. We want to cause as much problems as possible by showing you where we are and then being somewhere else when the ball snaps. Hey, Coach, so, your smoke week looks a lot like my bench Falcon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, and that's the thing is like, you know, a lot of this stuff is, I mean, we hadn't reinvented anything down here. Right. It's just, you know, it's what people do. But um, but for us, you know, we can go smoke weak. We can go smoke field. We can go smoke back. We can go smoke away. You know, we can, we can predicate based off of what the offense has given us. We can run so many different variations of this same blitz. Now, the right. coverage will be the same. Um, in the back end, but the front, the front six guys are doing, you know, the same thing. We can also do what we call opposite. So we'll go smoke strong opposite. So we're going to show smoke from over here where these two guys are walked up. And then right before the snap, we're going to bail. The mic's going to take two steps back and then it, it, here he goes, right. you know, so, so we play games and we try our best to, uh, we got we got in a situation a couple of years ago with a really good offensive spread team, and they were they were just killing us. We'd send pressure, same team I was telling you about. We send pressure, and as soon as we walk up to show and to come, they're gonna they're gonna check to something where that guy left from. They're gonna throw it right there. Okay. So we started messing with them, and we started going opposite. And it was a thing we kind of put in at halftime. Was like, look, we're gonna have to show them something and be somewhere else. So we started going opposite, and we would show pressure over here. We would back it out, and they threw it to us. So uh, we started just putting that in our game plan, and we would rep it throughout the week or whatever. But, like, just let's say we're going to play just a basic four-man pressure. Then we're just going to run shotgun. We're going to send four dudes, and we're going to full-line slant, and there we go. Um, some of these, you know, smoke, like I say, we make a living off of that one. Um, and, and we can run, like, blast X. That's just one side. And all it is is it's – we also run blast here, you know, where it's – these guys are playing base on this back end, these back three. So whatever wheels read is, that's what it is. So if it's near back, he's playing – he's reading near back. Back goes away, eyes go to the quarterback, and he's playing his thing. He reads pass, he's got hook curl on this side. Um, generally, uh, we vacate zones when we run pressure. It just – that's just the nature of it. So we hope we guess right. We hope we get there. And um, if we got really good dudes, a lot of times we do. And, you know, you can also – you can always go – you can always man up, you know, if you want to send multiple pressure. So we can run blast strong over here. And then we've got another one we call bullets where it's a two-man game over here. So uh, bullets, this guy's in and this guy's off the edge. And so we can run blast strong, bullets weak, and we can man up in the back end and see what happens, you know. So 
Anything wrong with that? You know, you got to you got to find different. There's a million different ways to get the job done. So, right, and and we've been successful. Um, and and it's worked for us. And that's what I'll say is like what we do ain't for everybody. And you know, you can dissect this any way you want to and say, well, you're not sound here, or this isn't very sound because you're vacating this zone. You can man up. You can play. You you make sure you ain't got guys running free. But I had rather keep people in front of me instead of getting my guys running by in man coverage, especially right. if I'm sending five-man pressure. You know, um, I feel like our free safety can come off and rally and tackle. The wheel can replace a mic drop and run to the right or the left and, and get a guy on the ground so we can get, it up and do it, get up and do it again. But, you know, what we do ain't for everybody, um, but it's just what we've done, and it's, it's been successful for us, and there's a million different ways to do it. Um, but the way we do it, like, you know, we've won two region championships doing this. Um, and you know we've lost we've lost some ball games doing it too. So, well, hey, coach, it seems to be working more than it's not. So, yeah, I, yeah. hey, I appreciate just coming on here today. We're gonna finish up here with game records and slobber knockers, and then bring in the house. So, tell me about okay. the best game record that you've ever coached or played with. So we had a kid that's playing at Austin P right now. His name's Kwame Sutton, and he was a dude. He's an outside linebacker. I think they're a three-four type. But he was a defensive end for us. And Kwame was about 6'1", 240, and could fly. And we put him at defensive end. And no matter what you want to do, you want to run inside zone, he's going to tackle the back. You want to, you want to uh, fake inside zone and, and, or run zone read, he's going to fake like he's tackling that back, and then he's going to attack you and, and tackle the quarterback. You want to sprint out, it's not happening on his side. So – Kwame was a dude, still is a dude. I've seen him. He's been in the weight room since he's been at P. But um, great kid, too, and a tremendous athlete and a tremendous student in the classroom. Um, but, yeah, so I think Kwame would be my guy. Good. All right, biggest slobber knocker hit. Uh, so this past this past season, we played a team last game of the year. And, like, you, me and you talked about how at the end you could keep playing or you could – wrap it up. So we were in that situation where we could keep playing. Well, we were able to pick up a game. We went down to Crescent High School. So we ran, we ran Bam Strong zero. Bam Strong Bullets Week zero. So we're sending six dudes. And my outside backer and my mic come scot-free on the quarterback. <laughs> and they complete the pass, but he is – he gets hit. He rolls backwards. Our guys get up, you know, they're excited about a good hit or whatever. He takes two steps and hits the ground, and they come and get him off the field. And it was over from that point on. So, but, yeah, but that would probably be – that's the most recent. I've seen a bunch, but that's probably the most recent. Awesome, awesome. Hey, I like it. Hey, anytime the quarterback gets hit, it's got to be fun, right? And get him on the ground, man. Get him out of there. <laughs> All right, Coach. So, now it's called bringing the house. Five rapid-fire questions for you. Okay. Okay. What's the best thing you've learned at a clinic? Best thing I learned at a clinic would be um, to know what you know and know what you don't know. Um, so er, coaches are always about, uh, you know, they, they always talk about things they know, but it's very important not to know what you don't know and to be okay with that and to be open to people helping out in those areas that you don't know. Right. So that was that was hard for me as a young coach, but uh, that's probably been – I, I forget now. I want to think Jeremy Pruitt might have said that down at the uh, coaches clinic um, a couple years back, but I think that's probably been one of the biggest things I've tried to apply as a coordinator. No, that's hey, it's legit. That's that's best advice ever, right there. Yeah. Okay. Most overrated college football player. Overrated college football player. Yeah. Um. For me, I'd say Johnny Manziel. Uh, okay. Okay. Hey, you know, at all that hype didn't didn't pan out very much. I was never a fan of his from jump. All right. Favorite flavor of bubble gum? Um, blue raspberry. Blue raspberry. Okay. Yeah. Best breakfast food? Uh, I'm going to go with bacon and eggs. Okay. Hey, yeah. Hey, bacon. Can't be anything bacon. It's got to be better. <laughs> anything bacon. <laughs> All right, Coach. Last one. When it comes to tacos, crunchy or soft? Uh, I'm going to go soft. Soft shell guy. Man. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. We yeah, had this I'm argument the other guy. day, a group of us. I'm like, come on, man, it's crunchy. It's, it's always got to be crunchy. No, man, them things, they break. They get in the inside of your gum. I can't deal. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Coach, this was a blast, man. Yeah, man, I enjoyed it, brother. 
hey, you know, anytime you want to come on and talk ball, you let me know because I'm pretty sure I can ask you about a million more questions. This podcast would have lasted an extra hour if I asked all the ones I really wanted to know. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Well, man, I appreciate I appreciate you taking the time. Appreciate you doing this. Appreciate the group on Facebook and the community out there and just reaching out and being generally to help, you know, to, to other guys. And and that's the biggest thing is trying to help in a in a way where you're actually helping, not trying to boost an ego or, or feel like you've got it all figured out. Cause I definitely, I definitely don't. So. Right. Hey, you know, I, I, that's, I say it all the time. Like if your ego is why you're here, you g- g- check out at the door. Cause it's not what, it's not yeah. why we're here. And, the, right. and what you'll find a lot of times those guys with egos are usually, they don't know, they don't know what they don't know. And they're mm-hmm. afraid of knowing that. So they yeah. overcompensate. So. That's right. That's right. All right, Coach. Hey, I appreciate you guys. Turn in, tune in next time for another episode of Game Wreckers and Slobber Knockers.